Okay, I'm going to start it right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! I don't know if Jeff's there or not. Maybe he turned his mic off. <laughs> there he is. There he is. This, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into our fearless beer review. We get into our vinyl pickups, leads into our songs of the week, and then we finish it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether is Jeff. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate and review us on there. Give us five stars. Give us a good rating, a review. Please go do that. That's That would be the most important thing. Keep listening to us because that's important too. And socials are at Asinine Radio. Get into it. Talk to us. Find us. We're on Discord too. Mm. If you want to join the Discord, ask us what the link is and we'll send it to you. So, the super let's, secret um, link. The super secret link, yes. So, uh, so Jeff, let's just get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got? Go. Yeah. So, um, as I was saying before, your internet um, went out because you kicked the cord. <laughs> I have a seltzer today. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Gross, but okay. Well, not, not gross. Seltzers are yeah, good. Some seltzers are good. Trulys are the only ones that are just disgusting. I like Trulys. I think those are solid seltzers. You have terrible taste in seltzers. Um, well, so that's not true. I have a Maha, M-A-H-A, Maha, Maha, Miha, Maha, Miha, Maha, Maha, like a crow Maha. or something. Um, <laughs> they, I, it was a three-pack of a variety pack. Uh, the the raspberry is disgusting. The apricot tastes like kerns, but no syrup whatsoever. It's very club soda is, but it has that kerns taste, that mm-hmm. distinctive apricot flavor. And yeah, this yeah. is the black cherry. I've never had the black cherry, so I'm a little uh, I'm a little excited for it. And Do you I normally like good. black cherry? Um, I mean, like the only thing black cherry I think I've I already know that I've had is is like candy. And what else? Mm, what okay. else is flavored black cherry? Yeah, nothing really, I guess, except 99 black cherries. Oh yeah, Dr Pepper <laughs> and Dr Pepper. Yeah, so good. Dude, that was the best. That was the best. Damn, we an entire bottle of that. <laughs> we drank that hours. whole bottle up. <laughs> Not even we like probably drank it in like two and a half hours. We probably drank it within two and a half, three hours. Yeah, that was, Dude, that that was, was one drunk night. I was so wasted. We stood up the entire time. We didn't even sat down. <laughs> I remember we were just standing there. We're just standing there taking shots, or not? No, we weren't taking shots. We were we were mixing it with the Dr Pepper. Yeah. Well, we were we were doing like like those plastic shot glasses that are kind of like cups but in the middle of it there's a little room for like a shot you would put oh, like a Vegas bomb right. in there or, yes. or something like that that's Jager what bomb. we were doing yeah that's right I forgot that I forgot about that just over because, and over and over yeah fuck that was so stupid well each I think each one of those bottles probably holds like 40 shots cause I know a handle of like Captain is like 50 or 60 shots oof 50 or 60 ounces so that's probably like yeah. 40 ounces so maybe like 20 shots each <laughs> it's a lot man we were stupid and 
I remember Tammy and Renee were out. They were out like at a club or something, and they came home, and we were just fucking trashed. So we were like in the same exact spot where they left us. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, we were standing at the kitchen counter at the castle. (laughs) Didn't even move. (laughs) Yeah, that that was. We were really, really drunk. Wow, that was stupid. Fun, but stupid. Well, that was back. That was back in the days when the hangovers lasted fucking hours instead of days. Days, yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't be out of commission for two days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good times. So yeah, this is the black cherry that I got. So I'm I'm excited for this. <laughs> Hopefully it's delicious. Ah, I hope so too. I hope so too, for your sake. So uh so what do I got? I got something from local liquor store called Mr. K's. Probably one of the best liquor stores, beer variety wise, that I've been to. And uh so go check it out. Placentia. Placentia Fullerton. Um pick this one up because the label is so ugly. It is just fucking gross and ugly. And it's a it's a it's a hazy IPA, of course. Uh, it's it's a collaboration between Three Sons Brewing Company and Burial Brewing in Florida, I think. It's a a double dry hopped with Phantasm, Simcoe, and Sultana hops, and it's seven point five ABV. Got a sixteen ounce can here. I poured it already. It looks it looks nice. It looks real nice. So it smells nice too. So are you ready to uh, to take a sip? Yeah, I am now. Here we go. Oh my God, that is so good. (laughs) Wow. We actually like it. Wow. Oh, that is so good. (laughs) Just just you saying that makes it sound like really, uh, really refreshing. Oh, it is so refreshing. It is so good. Wow. That is, it tastes like fucking candy, but... I mean, not overly sugary or what? I mean, there's only there's six grams of sugar in this whole can, so that's no, that's that's not a lot at all. But it's, uh, yeah, it definitely tastes like like candy. And it, it's almost <laughs> like the cherry pop tarts too, like that kind of. Oh, those are good. No, oh, those are the, those, those are the best pop tarts. Uh, I like the blue ones a lot. The the, the blueberry. Oh, the blueberry with like the pink strudel looking frosting thing on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those, those, those are, are those are my favorites. Those are those are second or third best. Second or third <laughs> the best. Cinnamon, good cinnamon. Yeah, cherries. Cherries good. This is delicious. This is absolutely fantastic. This is so goddamn good. Okay. It's organic too. Look at that. USDA organic. Maybe real fruit Look juice. Are there <laughs> I mean, black cherry like a, a real thing? Is that a? I thought I that was so. like. Let me see. Well, why wouldn't it be a real thing? I just thought like black cherry was like I don't know. Oh wow, this is a real thing. You just looked it up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought they just took cherry and like added something to it to make it like exotic black cherry. Mm, I mean, I've never had a black cherry, but I just assumed. I don't know. This is really but good. um, so so okay. So we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer. You're gonna you're gonna go back to uh, one is a bad beer, but give it a give it a try, and zero is a drain pour. What do you give your uh, your maha? Well, I mean, I don't want to give it a three because it's if it is big beer and I'll feel silly doing that. But why? This is really good. Why would you feel silly giving? If it's good, it's Fuck good. It, dude, this is this is a three. This is a perfect Ooh. beer right here. Damn, this is so um, good. Okay, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Oh yeah. I just I I tried looking it up on Beer Advocate, but it, it's not on Beer Advocate. I was going to see if Raul had anything to say about it, but. 
<laughs> Nothing. Could not find it. The, so I, I think we bought this on sale too for like four bucks for a twelve pack. Oof. You lucked out, man. Yeah, it's a deal. We still have like ten boxes left too. That's so dumb. <laughs> it's so weird how hit or miss some of these seltzers are. Like the other one that I like, the fruit carts. Yeah, I, I see. I don't like fruit carts. I love the ma- or I love the cucumber lime, but the mango okay. flavored is is. He's one of the worst I've ever had. Yeah, that's that's a terrible beer. Ugh. Terrible, terrible beer. People love it though. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, it's disgusting. The cucumber lime one's really good. No, cucumber lime is never good. Um, for anything. For anything. Oh, Tyler. It's bad. It's just bad. Just straight up bad, baby. That's okay. Okay. All right. So so my uh my kindred beans, my my hazy IPA. Uh, this is really, really, really good. Ooh. I'm really liking this. This is a solid, solid hazy IPA. It hits all the right spots. It's just the right enough sweetness, good aftertaste. It's not super hoppy. It looks really nice. Um, I'm gonna have to give this one like a 2.8 out of three. Damn. Yeah, this is really good. This is very, very good. It was expensive too. It wasn't. I was kind of pissed when I he rung me up and it was like fifteen dollars for two beers. So little irritated but i mean that's whatever. that's not like crazy expensive well i mean i got a pliny and then i got a pliny which is like seven dollars or eight dollars and then this is like pliny. pliny's good but this is really good this is very ex- this is excellent <laughs> so good on them so um let's see we got anything else on beer because raul did not he did not um review this beer so raul. got nothing i know he, he needs to step it up honestly he really does, With right. the, even though he has like 6,000 reviews or whatever. <laughs> he needs to step it up. So, so many. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Uh, so you got anything else on your, your seltzer? Or what's your, what are your backies? Uh, I got some B2Ls. I get the fridges over here. It's stocked with like B2Ls, um, Michelob Ultra, Prickly Pear, Lime Infused, uh, Chrono Lights, uh, Bud Lights, Clear's Lights. <laughs> All the lights, Heineken yeah, lights. All the lights. I, I've, Keystone I've, light. No, 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 no. If it was on sale, I'd buy <laughs> That's it. That's where you though. draw the line. If it was oh, on sale, I'd so buy stupid. it. Stupid. I, I, so I think like the lights too are just good because it gets really hot here. It gets kind of hot here, I should say. It gets kind it of kinda, hot here. It's 115 degrees out there. <laughs> Fuck you. So if you're drinking like <laughs> if if you're not drinking lights, then you get full so damn fast. And I think that's. Yeah. Because everything I buy now is like light. Yeah, it makes sense. And whenever I go out there, I I maybe have like one or two IPAs. The rest, the rest of the stuff I drink is all light beer. Because it's just drinking an IPA when it's 110 degrees out is gross. Yeah, you got to because just, it gets it just and gets it gets warm, warm so fast. And yeah, that's it just gets warm nasty. instantly. Yep, 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 yep. So I, I kind of wonder, like people like Skip, who's in Birmingham, England, he's never experienced heat like that. I don't think when it's 115, 120 degrees out. I, I wonder if he's ever experienced anything like that. How, I mean, then, how hot does it get over there? Like it's hottest, I guess. I don't know. I can't imagine it getting above like 90, maybe 95 degrees. Gosh, fucking that 55 is. raining right now. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's what my, that's what Google oh, says. This fucking guy, fucking guy in Birmingham. Oh my God. It's supposed to rain today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's fucking wow. July 5th. That's wild. Well, That's for wild. them, it's probably like December 1st. 
2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh god. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Skip will get a hold of us and tell us the hottest temperature he's ever experienced. How weird. I mean, I just now I just Googled Birmingham weather by month, and July is supposed to be the high is 91, the low is 72. Oh, okay. oh no, sorry, that's Birmingham, Alabama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. I imagine, like on average, the high in July is probably like 82, 81, 71. Are you serious? No yeah. way. Damn, must be nice. I don't think it, it ever gets. Nice. I don't think it ever gets like even like ninety over there. Fuck! It was like ninety-two here today, oh and the humidity God. was kind of high. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think it snows really. Oh, it must snow in Birmingham. I don't imagine. know. But uh, yeah, so he's, he, the people over there have never experienced what it's like to to live in hell, where it gets yeah. one hundred and fifteen degrees for three months every <laughs> single day, where where it gets so hot that the pool in your backyard is too hot to go in. It's not even because fun anymore. It's not even fun because the water is too warm. So, so yeah. So here I am cleaning it for no one to go in it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck oh this god. Okay. Anyway, let's move on from the weather. Yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah. So, uh, what what do you got for your new vinyl and stuffs? Okay. All right. Um, I I uh, I don't have that much. I have a lot of stuff I haven't listened to yet, but I've been going. Dad, it's been like. I listened to so much Grateful Dead this week. It's ridiculous. That's so weird. I just so weird. I can't get enough of it. And then I, this week I went back and listened to all the albums that I haven't listened to in a, a while. So not like my top ones, like my bottom tier Dead albums. Yeah. So that's where I guess I'll start with that then. Um, yeah, just go for it. Jerry Garcia's first album. Jerry. Jerry. Oh, there's mm-hmm. gonna be a lot of Jerry's in this one. <laughs> Every time you say it too, I can't help but say Jerry. I'm, I'm gonna say, say I'm, I'm gonna say him a lot. So yeah, Jerry Garcia's first album, <laughs> the one that you got me from Glass House, it was like five bucks, yeah. I think, right? Yes, I think something like that. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is his first solo album, 1972. I guess their label that they were on at the time, I think it was Warner. They uh, they allowed them all to each put uh, cut like a solo record, and so like Bob Weir did his own solo thing, which was just essentially a Grateful Dead album, and then like Mickey. Um, he did not the one that we had, the Diga, the instrumental one, but he mm-hmm. did a one before that. And then Jerry, Jerry did this Jerry. one and he plays all the instruments on here except for the drums and he mixed in the album and he helped produce the album. So it's very much everything is like what he envisioned and what he really, really wants. And mm-hmm. some of the songs on here actually became part of like the, the, the Grateful Dead live shows but it's um it's did it solid stuff. It's very it's very psychedelic. It's very Grateful Dead of the early seventies, late sixties. Some folk sprinkled in there, and even though mm-hmm. I think like the band as a whole is greater than their parts, yeah, uh, if, if that makes sense. I I do I do want to say that Bob Weir is overlooked, but dude Jerry still rocks. He's so damn good. He's such a fantastic guitarist and. He's so fluid in all of his guitar playing. It's almost like robotic because of how good he is and just how technical he can be and just how seamless he plays. Great stuff. Uh, I'm wondering too, like, because I've only listened to that one Dead record and Working Man's Dead. And that was more folk-based. Is their psychedelic stuff really better than that? So like like Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, those two are are 
kind of like hear the dogs going crazy. Dude, fucking Renee just got home and <laughs> she's not even at the door yet because the ring hasn't gone off and I don't know what they're barking at. <laughs> fucking idiot dogs. Oh, that's funny. All right, continue. Sorry. She, um, yeah, the, oh, there she is at the door now. But Sloan's in his room. She's probably like purposely ignoring everything and not opening the door. <laughs> we have a garage. She can go through the garage, right? Yeah. It's her garage, yeah. But anyway, uh, Working Man's Dead and, and American Beauty, that's like their, their four, fourth and fifth album. Mm-hmm. That's that's like the birth of everything else after that. The Grateful Dead, their first album is kind of like a throwaway album. It's very weird, a lot of covers, not really what they wanted. Label pressures made them put out something that they weren't really proud of. And then you have like uh, Oxen Waxoa and then yeah. Anthem of the Sun. Anthem of the Sun is the one... That they mix like live stuff with studio stuff. I brought it to the pod once. You said you liked oh, it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah, so that. So that's 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 like the psychedelic era, with very, very, very little folk. And then, like I said, Working Man's Dead and American Beauty is what started it all. So, yeah, the stuff before that is not nearly as 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 folky as as that is. Mm-hmm. But everything else after that is it's going to have that in there, like yeah. everything. Yeah, I just couldn't couldn't get into that. It's not, I mean, nothing they did after that, though, is nearly to that extent. That Those mm-hmm. two are just straight, I mean, American Beauty is just straight like Americana folk, and then Working Man's Dead is just f- like fucking folk country. So yeah. they do things after that that incorporate still like psychedelic blues, a lot of other things, too. Nothing is ever as straight folk sounding as those two, though. I mean, I'll give them more of a shot. I will. But I was, I was just... Just so disappointed with Working Man's Dead. He says like nobody ever because it's fucking <laughs> fantastic. It's just not my thing. I don't know. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, because your thing isn't good stuffs, I guess. Well, it is good stuffs. Your thing it's is the best trash. Stuffs. Nah, it's the best stuffs. Dude, they're just so, they're so interesting and they're so good. So my next thing, it goes it's still going along the lines here of Grateful Dead. Of course. This is called <laughs> New, like Riders, last week too. New Riders of the Purple Sage. <laughs> Okay. This is, is this Grateful Dead or is this a side side project? This is a side project. The heavy ties to the Grateful Dead though. Jerry Garcia has kind of started this band early on, kinda. He helped start this band around the same time the Grateful Dead actually started. So there's a lot of shared members and there's even more mm-hmm. shared side project members. So there are guys okay. that are in a lot of Grateful Dead side projects, but they were never in the Grateful Dead, but then played occasionally on tour with them. Like it's just the Grateful Dead family has just have such a long reach and there's so many musicians and so many side projects and this is one that I found out about as I was at Grace Records looking through some stuff and this was in a section that had a lot of other Grateful Dead stuff and I'm like what is this and then I kind of like googled it real quick I was like oh this is essentially a country the country rock album this is uh, 1973 this is their fourth album by these guys and like I said it's country rock rock walk country walk country walk Good, good twangy country rock with definite nods mm-hmm. to the psychedelic scene. So, if you're looking for like psychedelic country rock, this is it. But <laughs> the psychedelic is super subtle, and it's it's in there. And subsequent listens, it came out more and more. But damn, this is so good. This is right now. This is my new favorite side project. Interesting. This is good stuff. Okay, how many? Um, it was so so. It wasn't like a band. No, they're just a band. like a one-off album. They're okay. a band, and and they've done more albums than the Grateful Dead has, and what? they just 
came from the same area, just never got never got as big in the scene as as Grateful Dead did. But they're they're from Frisco. They started in the late '60s, just like the Grateful Dead did. And Jerry Garcia started this band, but then kind of like went off to do the Grateful Dead. But then still played with this band for the first couple albums. And then it's just like a revolving door of a bunch of other members that have played in side projects related to the Grateful Dead. Interesting. Okay. But I bought this, two this of their fucking albums. band, dude. I, <laughs> this fucking band, it's so just convoluted. It's just there's so much there. There is. It's insane. I, I think God. I think that's another reason why I'm so just captivated is because there's always something new. There's always yeah. something else. That's wild. But damn, this this stuff I, is good. <laughs> yeah. This stuff is real good. Okay. I mean, I'll take your word for it. Maybe someday I'll listen to it, but for now I'll take your word for it. Okay, that's fine. Um okay. No more uh oh, actually kind of grateful did related. But Tom Fogarty, the Zephyr National. This is another album that you got me. <clears throat> this is his third album, nineteen seventy four. This album actually features the last time all four CC members would play on one track. Interesting. Okay. Although Surprising. John recorded his part separately, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah, because he's a dick. So well, wasn't, it w- wasn't wasn't the big fight between John and Tom anyway? Yeah, I mean, for a long time we thought John was was the was the aggressive asshole. But yeah. the more we kind of looked into it, and the more we read, it actually wasn't. It was, it was everybody Tom. else against him. Yeah, pretty much, especially and, Tom. Though. And Stu and Cosmo really just sided with whoever is going to just want to do the same thing and be boring. <laughs> so, but yeah, this is uh so like Tom Fogarty's solo stuff is good. Like this is really really good. This is essentially just a CCR album without John. So you're getting all of the great things about CCR instrument-wise, but mm. there's not crazy strong melodies, like vocal melodies. It's they're still there. So, so it's, it's like Mardi Gras. That's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is like Mardi Gras. I was, I was also going to say it's like the opposite of John's solo albums where you're getting like really, really great lead guitars and then strong melodies, but everything else is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's super frustrating because like if they could just keep releasing music, it would have been so damn good. Like clearly all of these guys still had more gas in their tank, but just petty differences made all of these great songs that could have been even better had they just been CCR longer. Like we could have had 10 albums that were just as good as yeah. the first three or four. But do we need 10 CCR albums? Yes. I feel like, no, I feel like we have the perfect amount. I feel like we have the perfect amount of CCR. You only say that because that's all we have. Who knows what could have happened? I'm well, telling I'm, you, I'm there's some afraid. great stuff here and there's some great stuff on John's solo albums and if they would have just worked together, they could have, they could have done more. Yeah, maybe. But then, you know, you see with a lot of bands that have a career of 50 years, you know, a good chunk of it, like half of it is trash. Look at Yes. We just did Yes two weeks ago, you know? (laughs) A lot of that stuff post post, uh, fucking close to the edge was was questionable. But CCR is a pop band. Yes isn't a pop band. CCR is essentially a pop band. and. But it's they're, still the same they're, idea. They're, no, because C, or for, Yes is focused on instruments. CCR is focusing on almost strictly like melodies. And there's still also, a lot of melodies on Tom's solo album and John's solo album. And they're both missing what the other has. So like clearly, mm-hmm. had they just worked together, they could have done more. 
but their petty differences Maybe. started like right after, right around Cosmos Factory and after, and that's why Pendulum and Mardi Gras are their shittiest albums. Pendulum's good though. You're Mardi Gras is just not good. You're, you're, Mardi Gras is their best song. <laughs> Pendulum is not very good. Like it's, Pendulum is still good. You're being silly. Ma- it's way better than Mardi Gras. Like it doesn't matter. They're both downs. they're both not good albums like, <sighs> compared to everything else they did here. before. You're silly. You're you're you fell down or something if you even think anything else. <laughs> Like like their down. their petty differences started at Cosmos and then it just went downhill from there and that's why everything got worse and worse and worse until their breakup and all over like a seven year span right yeah yeah well I, you <laughs> know wild when you think about yeah. it yeah if you if you don't if you don't count the Gollywogs era if you just count the CCR era it's yeah. like six or seven years it's wild what's so like something that's interesting about Tom Fogarty is that his first album featured guys from various Grateful Dead side projects and Mothers of Invention. Mm -hmm. And Tom's second album featured Jerry Garcia himself. Jerry. That's weird. That's a weird connect. That's a weird combination of, uh, of musicians. Yes. I mean, Mothers of Invention is very different because Zappa is very different than the Grateful Dead or very different from CCR. That's, it just that's weird it kind of makes you think i mean just basing off basing it off of that alone i i wonder if everybody in the music scene saw john as as the douche because i don't know he just it was the whole band against him and that's why tom had such a crazy amount of influential and popular musicians on his side project stuff whereas john really went like the i'm gonna do it myself kind of way yeah and it's 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 impressive that Tom could pull in some of these iconic musicians, not like super popular, but very iconic for a band yeah, like CCR to but collaborate think about it. with some of the guys from Mothers who are super unique, super prog, and Jerry Garcia, who is leaps and bounds better at playing the guitar than Tom ever could be. Yeah, but That's it could weird. also be that they see Tom as like the the end the the entrance to like popular music because CCR were so popular compared to the other two bands, you know, the other two bands were very popular, but not, not on the level that CCR were at the time and especially now. So, I mean, maybe that that's why they, they wanted to play with him because so they can get that, that name cred, but who knows? We'll never know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know about Jerry Garcia, but maybe. I think feel like Jerry was so chill that he would just play with anybody. Yeah, I don't think he. Didn't, I don't think he had bad blood with anybody, honestly, from what it sounds like. But I, mean, I know very little about his history. So, it, I mean, it, it also makes sense that they would cross paths at some point from the NorCal area. Yeah, they're all from NorCal. Was were mothers from mothers of invention from up there too? I don't know. That's that's the one that like really threw me for a loop. Yeah, because they're so they're just so out there compared to everything else. Because even Grateful Dead are pretty conventional. I mean, they jam a lot, but they're they're still conventional. But Mothers of Invention are they're all over the fucking place, style wise. So, and I I don't know much about them, but the bit the bits that I've heard and read, they're very uh, all over. So, hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know I don't where know. they're from. But it's cool. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good. I think it was like five bucks or three bucks or something. Not bad. So it was it was you know it's fun and it's got the last time they're all on the same track together. So that's sort of iconic, I guess. Yeah, it's a good song too. I it's agree. actually a really good song. I'd like to hear it. Um, that's not your pick of the week. No, it's not my pick of the week. 
Okay. Um, then what else you got? I got uh, this is another blues album that that I picked up a lot of blues stuff. So this is another one, Memphis Slim. This album called okay. Southside Reunion. It's a 1972 album, but I'm not sure if it's a comp from earlier recordings. Couldn't really mm-hmm. tell. I've never heard of Memphis Slim. Um, he's he's a guy. I don't know. He's another blues guy. Very popular. One interesting thing that I read about him though was he eventually moved to Paris like mm-hmm. midway through his life and then he lived the rest of his life there and died there and like Paris wow. loved him. That's he, weird. He became so popular in Paris and he won all these like Paris awards that mean people <laughs> love him in something. I don't know, but <laughs> like he was really popular in Paris and that's fucking weird. That is so weird for that style of music. He plays it, that's so American, you know. He plays uh he plays like the jump blues, so you get like a lot of horns. It's a little more fun, oh, a little okay. more upbeat. Similar to like like the revival in like the nineties of the uh, So you can like dance to it and stuff like, like that. Like the sugar popping daddies, like that's kinda of like the jump blues, the oh, swing music. Okay, okay. When okay. that came back. But yeah, that's 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 okay. what he plays. There, there's a lot of harpsichord. There's a lot of mm-hmm. jamming. It's really cool stuff. It's good. Interesting. Where'd you pick shows. that one up at? This was just in a lot, like Oh. It was yeah. It was just in some. It was in the Grateful Dead lot that I bought, where there's a just a bunch of Grateful Dead stuff, and then I picked. I picked. Chose like 15 blues albums. I think actually all the blues that was in there, I just took it, kept it. <laughs> Is it worth anything? It's like 15, 20 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, but like all of the yeah. blues albums that I've listened to thus far that I have are worth at least 15 to 20. Most of them are in like the 30 to 40 range. Okay. And because I've sold other things, it, these are all free. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. So that's fun. <laughs> um, this one's by your favorite band, uh, ACDC. I got another they're, one. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Which one? Uh, if you want blood, we've got it. What the fuck is on that record? This is this is a live album. This is the only live album with Bon Scott. Oh, okay, okay. So, so this is uh, this is 1978. This is like right before he died, and I don't know they. This one's cool because they played mostly non like huge hits from their first couple albums, mm-hmm. so they're not like deep cuts, but they're not they're not just out there playing like dirty deeds and fucking all their huge bangers at the time, and it's solid. There's there's not a lot of fluff. It's not packed full of like their biggest hits, like I said, but it still sounds really fun. And there's some wanking, naturally, but that uh, seems surprising though. I f- I figured it would sound exactly like the. The recordings. Well, the recordings have winking also, but mm. you're not going to have a live show and not have Angus out there winking. That's yeah, that's a staple. That's a staple of the band. That's who they mm. were. That's who they became even more. But there's like like the coolest part is is there's some cool banter between Scott and the audience where he send, he's essentially just yelling at them and they're yelling back and kind of this call and response thing. But there's no there's no setup. He just starts yelling at them and he's not yelling words. <laughs> he's just like. Ah! Like just yelling, and they're yelling back at him, and it sounds so fun. It sounds so cool. That sounds really dumb. But this is probably, I mean, unless I get something like super, super cheap or like free. Actually, I've, I think I've got all my ACDC records for free. But this is good. This is cool. You should check this one out. This is fun. It's a fun record. I'll, I'd give it a shot. You know, I'd listen to it. Just not a big ACDC man. I know you. you know? Uh, you hate this band for some reason. I have. I, don't know. I have. I have one of their records, and that's all I need. I don't need anything more. I'm I know good. they're 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 everything you hate about a band. They're fun. They release really <laughs> good music, and they're no, enjoyable. they do. 
So. They no, they they're very enjoyable, but <laughs> you don't really need more than one record, and just get your favorite record of theirs, and that's all you need. Because I mean, how much ACDC are you actually going to listen to? I mean, you got to at least if you see a cheap copy of Back in Black, you got to get that one. Maybe if it was like five bucks. Oh my god, this guy five bucks! You have like nothing. Well, I, you have every single one of your records in your collection is actual trash, and you won't <laughs> even buy Back in Black. But the the Crazy ACDC talk. record I have, I think I paid seven for. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't expensive, so it's not outrageous that I would only spend five dollars for back in black especially considering how popular it is and how many copies have been pressed of that well you're never gonna find a copy for for five dollars that's that's well, that's the funny know. thing no i do know i'm i'm sure you you thought that you know you would i would never be able to find a copy for seven dollars or you'd ever be able to find one for seven dollars well i mean it's not in the best shape but well i that's fine even in stores, my back in black that, doesn't need to be even in stores your copy of, of dirty deeds still would have gone for 15 in California, maybe ten over here. Yeah, probably ten. But anyway, over here, it's yeah. it's fun. Okay, it's a good one. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. And it's the only it's the only one. It's the only live album with Bon Scott. So that's that's kind of cool. That's fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whatever. All right. That's all I got. What else you got? Now my pick of the week. My okay, nose pick of the this. week. This is uh, this is a band that I don't know why I like so much, but I really <laughs> really enjoy them. And I now have three of their albums, none of which I paid for. <laughs> so weird. So weird that you get into this band. Dude, and this one, I mean, like, when you, on surface, it is weird, but when you listen to a lot of their songs, it is exactly what I like. Okay. And, we, and who are we talking about? You, oh, we the, even said t- the Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground. Yes, this is from their third album, The Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground is The Velvet Underground. And this is the song called The Murder Mystery. It's a nine-minute Morg is yeah. bored of just words. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a song. It's very, <laughs> it's very like beatnik, <laughs> and it's very um, sloppy, and it's it's one of their most iconic songs. And I guess the band didn't even wow. like like how it came out. They, they they weren't even really happy of its like presentation or or anything like that. This band is dude like it is incredible because I I have White Light their second album. I have their self titled, and I have Loaded their third album. And listening to all three of those, you can hear virtually like almost any genre of music post nineteen eighty. They were doing it already. Hmm. Like they okay. were doing the they were doing the punk stuff already before everybody else. A lot of the indie stuff, and then the song right after this one, right after the murder mystery, is called After Hours, and it's dude, it sounds just like like the Moldy Peaches and anything from yeah. that era, from that indie acoustic, just basic stuff era like the yeah. velvet underground did it all they did everything and it's it's crazy it's crazy that i never got into them sooner because i love this band so much uh, this song was was I, I really enjoyed too i thought it was really good and now i feel like i need to i need to s- kind of search out their records as well this record this goes on discogs solid. for like 160 bucks oh okay that's fun i'm that's <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill my dreams right there. Shit. I uh I actually traded in I have I had white light, just the disc, no yeah. jacket, and it, like it bothered me. And so I traded that one in because that was like eighty dollars. And then I got what? a repress of white light for like forty dollars. But then I traded uh Pinkerton also. So I essentially got it for free. Wait, but I traded what Pinkerton? Not your deluxe. No, my old Pinkerton, the, oh, the okay. first one I bought, because I don't need it no more. Yeah. 
But yeah. like even the repress of White Lie, their second album goes for like 40, 45. The, the self titles, you know, 180 sometimes. <sighs> but if you want to get like their, their first album, the one with the banana peel on it. Yeah. I already knew Iconic. that's a sticker. Like that's a sticker what? that when they released the album, you could peel the sticker off if you wanted to. But to find wow. to find one of those records that has the sticker intact, dude, we're talking thousand dollars. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, that is so stupid. Thousand dollars for That's that shit. So dumb. Because everybody peeled the sticker. Yeah, I know, but so yeah, I mean, you could buy like like a first pressing of their first album for you know a couple hundred bucks, but if you want that sticker intact, baby, that's a thousand dollars. Fucking so stupid. Insane. I would stuff. buy it and then take the sticker off. Oh man, just and, like and, re- and record myself doing it and post it on all the vinyl groups and then crumple the sticker and throw it in the trash. Yes. <laughs> oh man, such a hard flex. So dick. <laughs> it would be such a dick move. Oh my god, that'd be funny though. <laughs> the value instantly goes down. <laughs> I know, that's terrible. <laughs> this is good stuff though, man. This is I. I really, I really like the Velvet Underground. Like I said, this this album, this album's my favorite from that. They only have five, three, really, because their first one didn't have somebody, and their last one didn't have like anybody. So really, they have like three albums, and this is their second okay. of the three, or their middle album, their third total, and it's a banger. It's good. Okay, so let's play. Let's play a bit of uh, the murder mystery. Not all nine minutes of it. So here we go from the Velvet Undergrounds. There you go. A couple minutes of uh, the murder mystery from the Velvet, the Velvet Underground. The Velvet Undergrounds. Yep, that's them. This is uh, it's good, man. It, it's. I want to listen to the whole record. I, I probably will listen to the whole record. This is. I really enjoyed it. Well, it just has I, that like slow burn throughout the song. I added it to my list so we can pick it at some point. 
But ah, okay. This is almost every song on this album is totally different. Like the one, the song right after this one, like I said, is just it's a just a stripped down acoustic jam, mm-hmm. written by Lou Reed and then sang by their drummer Mo. And interesting, she just has like that. I like the best way I can compare it to is like the Moldy Peaches that that anybody else but you song from Juno. Mm-hmm. Just how like swingy it is, how soft, how lighthearted. But Lou Reed adds like a. He was a great songwriter, man. Just to, like looking into some of these lyrics and stuff that he was writing for the Velvet Underground. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Very impressed. I've, I've I've honestly been impressed. The, the little bit that I've heard from them are are good, and I don't know. Maybe they'll be my new favorite band. Maybe I'll spend one hundred and fifty dollars on that. That's record. don't. I, I I wouldn't do that. <laughs> If it wasn't so expensive, I, I would buy I would buy a new copy because mine on on the first side there's a couple tracks that skip, and mm-hmm. it's it only skips like half a word, but it's still yeah. annoying and that's irritating. But yeah, I'm really about to drop a hundred bucks, so makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. that's all I got, kid. That's all you got. Okay, so let's go through mine real quick. Uh, this first one I got from you. You picked this up from some I don't know some idiot on Offer Up. It's Billie Eilish. Oh yeah. It's her uh it's her first record uh When We All Fall Asleep Where Do We Go. Uh came out in March 2019. She was like 17 when it came out. Something crazy like that. And uh this was really good. It was it was much better than I was expecting. Uh the production on it is fantastic. It just sounds yeah. really good. I mean, her voice is is fine. It's fine. Yeah. But I've never been a huge fan of that whisper vocals. I've just like Lana Del Rey does that, and it's I, just, it, it, I just can't get into it. Yeah, it's just not for me. But musically, it's solid. It's and solid. It's, solid it stuff. sounds like re- it just sounds really good. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right. They, I mean, her brother did such a good job on this record, producing it and and writing and co-writing it with her. It's great. It's really great stuff. So got that one uh this next one you also you got for me this is a uh, sticks and their record the serpent is oh, rising yeah. their third record oh, from God, october 1973 i thought this was really good i like this record <laughs> a lot <Now> yeah. <laughs> it was i mean the vocals were questionable at at certain points because yeah. i just sometimes i just i can't get into his vocals i just it's 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 too poppy it's just too kind of lame it's it's plain old people that's what it is but musically i thought it was very good <laughs> it's a clean it's a fairly clean copy you got for me and and then reading i mean you told me like this is like a very unpopular record but i didn't understand how oh, unpopular it was shit reviews. Dude, it, it's like one star reviews everywhere the band every band member has come out and said this is the worst record they've ever done they hate this record it uh it was their second lowest charting album ever and also this this one surprised me the most was that this record as of 2007 had sold less than a hundred thousand copies. Damn. That, that blew me away because you know, sticks were massive. I mean, come sail away, Mr. Roboto, those two songs are their biggest hits. And you would think just because of those songs, this record would be more popular, but that just is not the case. And I, I just, I couldn't believe that this, this album is shit on so much. And then I was looking at like the records before, like a couple of the two records before this, and then like the one or two after, and all of them just got bad, like generally kind of bad reviews. It's Tommy Shaw, to man. Reviews. It's Tommy Shaw. When he joined the band after their their sixth album, that's when they became like 
the Mr. Roboto band and ceased to become mm. a really interesting prog band. Tommy Shaw would ruin that band. I can see that. Was Tommy Shaw in the band when they did Come Sail Away? Yeah. Okay. Come Sail Away is like their fucking eighth album. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, this record, I, I got the, what I have is the 1980 repress. So I have the alternate cover. Oh, such an ugly cover. It's it's terrible. It, I mean, it would totally turn me off from wanting to listen to it. So, but, you know, I put it, I threw it on just kind of, just kind of as background, but I ended up really digging it. I thought it was, I think, it, I thought it was a solid record. So, fuck sticks, fuck the haters. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. Dude, the so. first three albums are absolute bangers. They're, they're damn good. I see. Now I want to hear the first two. St- really sticks do. and sticks too. You should be able to find sticks too. You've probably seen it. If you looked at the cover. You've probably oh, seen sure. Sticks too so many times for like three dollars oh, or a dollar. I see it constantly. Let's see here. Sticks <laughs> too. Yeah, I've never seen that cover. What? Yeah. Oh, I see this thing all the time for like four dollars at most. The white cover with like with sticks right in the middle and it kinda has the band playing within the letters. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. Damn. I've never seen it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I mean I, I okay. I think they may not have got a lot of recognition too because the record label they're on, the the Wooden Nickels, and then we mm-hmm. left that to become like a big band. But even then, like, I, it's just Tommy Shaw, man. Like, if you just, everything that he did he's once he's, he started, it's just that whole band changed, the dynamic changed, the sound changed, and they became Come Sail Away. But Come Sail Away is such a good song. I don't want to. That is a good song. They became but like he, Dr. And, Roboto. Mr. That Roboto. song sucks. Mr. Yeah, that song's terrible. That song's terrible. And Tommy Shaw just looks like a dummy, too. <laughs> he just looks like a... Like, he just looks like... I don't know. He, he kind of reminds... Because I'm, I'm looking up pictures of him because I, I know who he is, but I wanted to look at him again. He kind of looks like... um What's his name from Nickelback? Uh, Chad. Chad, what's what's the guy's fucking yeah, name? No, the, yeah, no. Yeah, Chad. You can just say Chad. Everybody knows Chad <laughs> Wait, from Nickelback. is that his name? Chad, right? Yeah. That's his name, right? Looks like a Chad. <laughs> But they have like the same hair, the same facial hair. Ugh, gross. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, like why? Because Tommy Shaw wasn't that that super group too. That wasn't a Ted Nugent thing. It was something with Ted Nugent or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, was that like in the mid two thousands? Right. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. What was actually, that? it was actually it was Ted Nugent in the band. It was Tommy Shaw, Ted Nugent, and then other people from bands of the era, and they're like a super group and. Yeah, I never well, listened to it because I hate Tommy Shaw. I remember, didn't they have like a reality show too? Oh, they did. It's called It's called Damn Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, it was from, it, they formed, actually formed in 1989. Tommy Shaw, Jack Blades of Night Ranger. I don't know who that is. Oh, Night Ted Ranger. Nugent, so lame. <laughs> Ted Nugent and then Michael Cardelloni. Oh, um, from Skinner. Yeah, he eventually, it says that he's an unknown drummer. He was an unknown drummer who later joined Leonard Skinner. Yeah. So... Yeah, maybe I, I was thinking of something else because Ted Nugent did something. Oh no, he remember he did that band with uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax and uh, a couple other guys. Maybe Tommy Lee on drums. Do you, do you remember that? No, <laughs> no. This is like maybe 2010. I got to figure it out. Hold on, I got. I got It was such a weird combination of music, and it was a reality show too. But it was such a weird combination of uh, fucking musicians. Let me see. Oh, yeah, here it is. The band is called Dam- Damnocracy, a heavy metal supergroup formed on and for the VH1 TV show Supergroup in 2006. Uh, the 
Band members included Sebastian Bach on vocals, <laughs> Ted Nugent and Scott Ian on guitar, uh, Evan Seinfeld on bass. That, I don't, I don't know, know who that, that is. is. And then the kicker here on drums was Jason Bonham. Oh. Yeah. I remember that, that TV show. Oh, the bass player Evan Seinfeld is the bassist for Biohazard. Oh. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching several episodes of this, of this show and it was terrible. <laughs> fucking terrible well but, that's that yeah, sounds that was, that terrible was, i mean mostly just because sebastian bach and i think he's he's kind of lame. I, I mean he has, he has a good voice but yeah. look at this oh yeah i'm gonna send you right now the the <laughs> the band picture it's so bad it's so stupid oh boy Oy. it's so like photoshop cheesy from that era too damnocracy what a stupid fucking band a little dollar bill looking out. thing oh that's yeah ugly. that's so bad <laughs> oh I don't even think they put it. They no, they didn't even put out a record. They just played a con, one show, and it was all one show. Yeah, they of played all one show of all covers. Yeah, you're looking at that too. Yeah, yeah. They did one. They did a few Zeppelin, a Motorhead. They did one Biohazard song. Though they have and one original they, song. They have one original. Yeah. Wow, that's stupid. What the hell's Zeppelin song is that? From Which three? one? Out on the tiles. I don't. What is that song? Uh, yeah. I wow. I, that's a. That's a deep cut right there. That's a deep cut on Zeppelin Three, written by Jason yeah. or John Bonham. Oh, that's probably why they did that. Yeah. Huh. I don't. I don't even re- recognize that song. But that's I also an either. album I go back to the least. One of the few records I go back to the least. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah. Off, fucking off topic, right? So, yeah. let's um, Tommy let's, Shaw. Fucking Tom, what a cuck. Um, he looks like one too. But uh, let's see here. I got CCR. I got their self-titled record, their debut record. Uh, came out in May 1968. You know, it has a few of the covers, but what a great fucking record. Yeah. I mean, you just can't go wrong with CCR until yeah. you get to Mardi Gras. Until you get to Mardi Gras. Oh, you just can't. You just can't. So I got that one. Um, Johnny Cash. Got two of his records from you. Uh, both live records at Folsom Prison and then at San Quentin. Uh, Folsom Prison. I mean, this was recorded in January 68, released in May 68. And then San Quentin one was recorded a year later in February '69, and then released uh, June '69. And uh, and then I, I didn't know this, but the the San Quentin one was the where the famous picture of him flipping off the camera came from, because they were actually filming that that show for a, a live concert in in uh, the UK, and he was just he was he was irritated because he couldn't see the audience because the camera crew was in the way. So like out of frustration, he just flipped off the camera so that they would move. So he could actually see the audience or see the the guys in jail. <laughs> so I had no idea that's where that picture He's came so from. So cool. Yeah, Johnny Cash is great. So and I don't know. I this is all I need for Johnny Cash. I don't need I feel like I don't need any of his other records. I got the two great live records and I'm I'm good. I mean like Absolutely. I, I feel that way too. But I haven't heard a lot of his other stuff. And I know he does a lot of like gospel things and other stuff. So I would I would like to get into something else that he's done and then plus like even like decades later right when he did uh the all the stuff with rick rubin yeah like the the covers yeah like that is so good and so like this guy that's a great cover everything we hear from him is not just good it's like really good and so mm-hmm. i don't maybe yeah. like everything's at least good i don't know i i i, 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 I can't imagine any of it being bad bit. there's no way any of it's bad there's just no way I do feel the like guy, that. I do feel like once you have those two, like, what, what do you really need anything else? But 
What if we're missing something? What if there's more? We could be. I mean, he has like fucking 60 records. <laughs> so there's probably gems within all of those, but I don't know. Johnny Cash, he, he was such an interesting character. So good stuff though. So I'm happy with these two records for now. So uh, this next one I got from you, you found it in some bin, I guess. It's a uh, Buddy Rich and uh, his record Richcraft. Oh, yeah. I mean, Buddy Rich arguably is the greatest, like, through and through, people say he's the greatest drummer of all time. No matter who you talk to, he's he's considered the greatest ever. Uh, I mean, his drumming on this is fantastic, but it's very big band. <laughs> so I get just kind of, like, distracted by the, by the, all the other instruments when I want to focus more on Buddy Rich. But then he also, he's he knows when to, like, step back and let the rest of the band shine. But then when he comes in and does his thing, it, it's just it just kind of blows you away. Like he was so good. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. So this one, this one, Rich Craft came, it's his 13th record as a leader, co-leader in the band, in his band, uh, came out in 1959. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't know who Buddy Rich is, go to fucking YouTube and just type in his name and just watch him play the drums. Cause he was up until he died in 87. Like he was just ripping it up and he was like overweight, old as hell you could tell he's just like a heavy drinker and he was just sweating like a fucking pig and but he's still ripping it up like it looks like he can have a heart attack at any time oh my like God. when he got older it looks like he could have had a heart attack while he was playing because that's how that's how intense he was so i meant to listen to this one before before i sent it off but i imagine it being like like what you said he's it's like a big band sound but he's yeah I imagine him being so much better than everybody else that it's totally noticeable. I mean, you hear it at points. I mean, there there are moments where like some of the songs slow down and it's more jazz than, than big band. So you kind of get him like, you know, just doing his thing. And then when it does like explode into all the big stuff, you could hear him just kind of ripping it up, but I don't know. It's, it's good. I mean, I, I only ever, this is probably the only buddy rich record I'll ever get. Um, and just, just to like scratch that itch if I ever want to listen to him because the big band stuff just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. It's just not really my, my genre, but <laughs> I mean, so it's not really anybody's genre. Pretty yeah. Unless genre. you were, <laughs> unless, unless you were like, you know, a young person in the 1940s and fifties. Oh, then you liked it cause that's all you had. And then you grew oh, up. That, that's true. Yeah. Things got better. <laughs> you didn't have to <laughs> subject yourself to that. It's very true. So uh, the next one here, I only got a couple left. Uh, Dave Brubeck Quartet. This was uh, this album is called Bossa Nova USA. Came out in 1963. Uh, he was kind of jumping on the whole Bossa Nova Samba Exotica train at this point, and they and the record label thought, you know, you make this kind of record, it's going to explode because that's what was popular at this time in '63. And it was just, it was so, it was so half-assed. This really? record was so, yeah, I was so bummed by it. Dang. I mean, and then reading more about it, like they, they only recorded like four songs that were meant to be like Bossa Nova or Samba. But even those songs were just, they were, it was more like that. That was like the background. And then they focused more on like traditional jazz or a little bit of big band um, to kind of like overpower the, the Bossa Nova sound. And it just, it was, it was, you could tell it was a cash grab. It's not, it wasn't that great. It really wasn't. So I was a little bummed by that one. Yeah, that but sucks. Anyway. Well. I mean, overall, it's not a bad album, but if you want to listen to Bossa Nova music, you're not going to put on this record. I mean, there's just thousands <laughs> of other records that are better than, than this. 
but uh so yeah keeping it with kind of like you know world music exotica music martin denny here we go his, uh his exotica volume two second record came out in 1958 the the godfather of exotica music of tiki music uh, my boy, you know, this is who I'm obsessed with. I'm, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on the journey of collecting all of his records. He has like 41 records. Oh my I'm God. at 27 right now. That's insane. So yeah. It's why. And so I was going through them all this weekend and I was like, okay, I probably have a couple comps in here and like a couple live records. And then as I was cataloging them all on Discogs, I realized I have no comps and no live records. And I was so stoked. Like everything I bought has been like an actual record of his. That's so like no duplicate song. How the hell? I don't know. Does he have <laughs> a lot of like live albums? He has he has more comps than live records, and then a lot of reissues from like the the late seventies and eighties. Huh. But but yeah, so I, I I got all. There's only one reissue that I have, but then I also have the original uh, from like nineteen sixty four. So I have the original of the Enchanted Sea, and I have the reissue of the Enchanted Sea. And then the reissue is the UK version, so yeah. sure. So there you Gotta go. Have both, right? It makes sense. There you go, Martin Denny, man. Martin Denny is just like the coolest, the coolest cat, the coolest cat, the in coolest the game. cat around. Fuck, man, his music is just so, just so, just cool and relaxing, and I don't know, man. I love, I love exotic music. I think he, I mean, he is the best. Jackie Gleason's good. Les Baxter's great, but Martin Denny just has that laid back feel. He doesn't have. He doesn't really go into the big band stuff, which is nice because Les Baxter and Jackie Gleason do that. But Martin Denny just like holds it back, keeps it calm. And then he'll throw in like a lot of bossa nova throughout. He'll throw in a lot of Spanish influence or African influence. Dude, the guy is, the guy was great and he created something great and he put out like fucking 30 records in 10 years. <laughs> so it's wild, <laughs> wild stuff, man. Martin Denny's great. So I'm almost there. I need like 14 more records and I'm good. Got all of his records. But you got like all the popular ones now, all the ones that you see all the time. Now, now you can get like true, the deep yeah. cuts. Yeah. I mean, a few of these I've never seen more than once. And the ones that I haven't seen more than once I got for, I was able to get from Aldo's. So Aldo is usually my hookup when it comes to Martin Denny. And then he makes fun of me. So whenever I go out to Arizona every couple months, I, I just, I come home with like maybe four or five Martin Denny, new Martin Denny's. And yeah, so it's pretty good. He's my, he's my, um, my my dealer, my my drug dealer, <laughs> Martin, Martin Denny. Denny dealer, my Martin Denny dealer. So, check it out, man. It's so good. Uh, and then the last thing here was from Record Store Day. You picked this up for me because I didn't have a chance to do Record Store Day this year because I was working. Um, but yeah, it was Fela Kuti. His record, Open and Close, came out in nineteen. Originally came out in nineteen seventy one, uh, and like I said, it, this this was reissued for Record Store Day. It's a cool red like red and red variant like a lighter red with a darker red it looks really cool and it matches the, the jacket perfectly and uh it's his fifth record it re originally came out in 1971 if i didn't already say that and uh it was recorded in lagos nigeria so this is like right after he had moved back to nigeria and kind of changed his name and kind of was leaving his old his old life behind and this is when he built his commune in nigeria and he became very anti-government to the point where he his commune was and his like compound, I guess you could say, what he said was a was a different nation. Like it wasn't part of Nigeria because he didn't agree with the Nigerian government. So he created his own state essentially, and he got a, a lot of backlash from the government and the military there and just all that shit. The, the, his history is very interesting. 
very interesting and his music is just fucking great Fela Kuti man just just fantastic yeah. it's it's <laughs> uh it's 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 he's, great it's good like, it's it's just good it's really really good yeah he's a guy in music that nobody talks about really unless like you're you're heavily involved in like world music or heavily involved in jazz like you're not gonna like nobody knows who Fela Kuti is but he inspired so much and he brought like Afrobeat and and just a lot of African music to the Western world and like a lot of shit you hear in 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 hip hop and in R and B like modern R and B like a lot, a lot of this shit is based around Fela Kuti too like what he did and what his band did so I don't know man underrated definitely underrated and yeah, truly I, inspirational I to a lot of bands so. So yeah, I'm going to play so th- this this album open and close has three three tracks. The first track is 23 minutes long. It's all on side A, and then there's two tracks on side B. And this is the 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 second track. So it's the first it opens up side B and it's it's 12 12 and a half minutes long, but we're not going to play the whole thing. But it's called uh, Swegby and Paco. So here it is uh Fela Cootie and uh, and that song. Here we go. There it is, Swag B and Paco from Fela Kuti and his band Africa 70. I forgot to say that. <laughs> this is the band he created when he moved back to Nigeria. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. That was I, I think it's fantastic, and I love Fela Kuti, and I'm glad I have another record add to my collection. So, I wonder if it, like if we went to a different continent, mm-hmm. if stuff like this would be super easy to find used. Because I mean, I've never seen anything mm-hmm. used by him. It's always yeah. It's new. always new. Yeah, it's always sealed and new. I mean, he was huge in Nigeria. He was like 
the biggest thing in Nigeria when he was when he was living there. And it, it, people always say like he he was loved by the citizens but hated by the government, which makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean his music was fantastic. So there you go. That's all I got. That's Good all stuff. I got for the vinyls. Okay. So do you want to play any of these these new songs oh, or anything? Dan, moving on quick. I didn't even have a chance yeah. to look up nothing, do nothing, nothing, see nothing. I mean, we don't have to play any of these unless you really want to. But knowing you, you probably don't want to play any of them. But that's uh, okay. The Turnstile one was the only one I would want to play, but we don't have to play if it. If you want to play it, we can play it. No, we don't have to. We don't, we don't need to play. It's fine. Okay, fine. We don't need to play it. Okay. So uh, some new al- no new albums have come out this week that were of any relevance to us, and we're the only ones that matter. Correct. Uh, some new songs. Tenacious D put out a song called You Never Give Your Money. This is good. Tenacious D. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It wasn't bad, right? It was just it's good. exactly what I was expecting it to sound like to exactly. to be about. And it's it's fine. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's it's tenacious D, and that's cool. It's good. They're, they're just a it band that have done so much good good stuff, not just music, movies, TV show, everything. <laughs> that it's uh, you know it's it's hard. Oh, that that TV show and that movie truly truly underrated. Dude, I still watch. Can I, I have the complete Masterworks on on DVD. <laughs> I, I still watch it at least once a year. Oh, it's been years since I watched that. Oh, that's so, so funny though. So stupid. Oh, I know. It's it's very <laughs> stupid, but it's so fucking funny. Oh my god, that was dude. HBO HBO was crazy back in the day. They were pretty good. There was just but no HBO rules. Was on another like level. people, yeah. they, they just threw money at anybody and then let them do whatever <laughs> they wanted with the money, no matter how dumb it was. Yeah, and that's what Tenacious D was. It was great. <laughs> HBO in the mid nineties, man. What a, what a time. time to be alive! What a time to be alive, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, speaking of like mid to late nineties stuff, I've been slowly making my way through Mad TV. And I'm like on, I'm in 1998 right now. Damn. And dude, it is so fucking funny. Like the, what the shit that they got away with. And then they, they did an episode on, uh, on epi- they, they, it was like a, a spoof of um, like, like news channels and stuff. And it was called Epidemic 98. And it was about the flu season. And it was like everything they were making fun of was so true to how news, even now in 2021, <laughs> is portray- portrayed. Like I was, I was kind of like, shocked like what they were saying and doing was exactly what's happening now or over the last year and a half it's pretty wild like intelligent programming baby dude mad tv was on another level like they were they were so ahead of their time and they were just so much better than snl impressions wise you know social issues everything about mad tv was better like there was i mean snl has nothing on that tv at all snl is just like a it's 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 a face value sketch comedy show. There's nothing deeper to SNL. I know. And even when like, I don't know. Matt TV was, was so much deeper and it was a sketch comedy show similar to SNL. But like you said, they, they dove into topics in a way where you didn't even realize you were learning. Yeah. You you should honestly go back and watch, watch those like the first four or five seasons. I mean, they're, I'm on the third season right now, and I'm just kind of like shocked how many, at how good it is. How many episodes are in a season? Fifty-two? No, no, no. There's like twenty-four, twenty-five, oh. maybe. But they don't. Not uh, what's really annoying is that there's not like full seasons. So, 
like one season will have like 21 episodes when there should be like 26. So they're, they're, every season's missing like maybe four or five episodes, oh, that's annoying. which is annoying, but it, whatever. Who cares? It's, it's still so funny. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing like just as hard as I was back in the day when I used to watch it. <laughs> and it's like not even nostalgic because I don't remember a lot of these skits, but it's just their timing and their, the writing was so good. It was so funny. Yeah, anyway, kind of okay. throwing it back to, to 90s TV. Sure, that sure. Was, that was a weird time. Even kids TV, you know? The shit on Nickelodeon at the time was fucking wild, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Rock I mean, it can, it can still be wild. There are yeah. still shows out there that are wild. You, Breadwinners. You watched Breadwinners oh, with me. Breadwinners, that show was fucking weird as hell. <laughs> that was pretty how, bonkers. <laughs> how, can, how can that show exist? I don't, I don't get it. That show is so weird. Oh, God. But anyway, okay. Let, yeah. Let's continue. Yeah. Continue yeah. the joke. Yeah. 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 Uh, next thing here, 18 Visions put out a new song called 1996. I'm an 18 Visions guy for the most part. I think most of their music, or a lot of their music's good. But Jeff's still on the fence, so we don't have to talk about them anymore. But they put out new music, so get into that. Okay. Because uh, you didn't like it, right? You just you don't care for them? I thought it was okay. I mean, I don't know. There wasn't anything here that really grabbed me. Okay. It's I mean, fine. It's just like good metalcore. Yeah. Of that of that area of, of Orange County. Good, metal, good Orange County metalcore. That's what it is. Yeah, I definitely hear that. I mean, I don't... It's not my go-to in music, but I mean, I did grow up in that area and I did go to high school in that area. I went to a lot of shows because of you. And so I've seen a yeah. lot of bands play this music and I, it holds a place in my heart because of the nostalgia, but okay. I think it's okay. All right. I fair. definitely don't hate That's it. Fair. I would sit okay. through an entire album, <laughs> but it's all right. You should buy their last record. It's only like 17 bucks online. It's cool. Oh, okay. I bought it. It was one of the first records I ever bought when we started collecting. That's three hot and ready, baby. I don't know. This album's better than three hot and ready. <laughs> I like how you judge everything by hot and ready. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I say it in public oh too God. when I'm buying records. Like, damn, this is less than one hot and ready. <laughs> it's so stupid, man. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's stupid. <laughs> Oh my god! And then the last thing here, uh, Turnstile, our our boys in Turnstile, they put out another new song called TLC, meaning Turnstile Love Connection. <laughs> I mean, the the last like three songs, I think. So they put out like three other songs, and I think it's all part of one EP. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, it's it's very different than than their their two full length records. But it's still really good. It's very it's catchy. It's it's captivating. They're just a captivating band. When they're it's weird. When they put out that first single, and it was really weird, it was very like down tempo, electronic sounding. And oh, we that thought one, okay. maybe this is going to be like just like an opener or like a filler song. They always have that. We talked about they always have that one song, like yeah. Blue by yeah. You, that's that's different than everything else. But now mm-hmm. this is you know four songs later, we're still in the same realm here. And this one, at first, because it, it starts off kind of normal turnstile, then it gets a little bit. Like down tempo techno sounding ish, and when I first heard it, I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? This is stupid. But I end up loving this song. This song is so damn good. I yeah. absolutely love it. I love where they're going. I like, I like that they're trying something new, but still keeping the old, but still embracing some new stuff and just moving forward in a way that doesn't feel like forced. 
Mm-hmm. I love it's it. A, it's a it's a combination of things too that don't normally go together well, but for whatever reason they can do it. Like they're just such a unique band. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's good. It's very good though. I really and it, I, I'm not just saying that because it's Turnstile, and I like those two records so much. But it's just good music. It's just solid, solid music. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Good stuffs. Yep, very good stuff. So, uh, I mean, that's all I got. You got you got anything else or, or what? No, that's uh, that's it. That's all. Yeah, because there's really like no other news going on. Nothing, nothing relevant to talk about. So, yeah, go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Um, keep listening. Tell all your friends uh, because that's awesome. And yeah, stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into AFI's record. Shut your mouth and open your eyes. And we're also going to rank all of all 11 AFI records. So, yeah, that's all I got. So, that's it. That's all. Everybody. Oh.